Hi everyone, welcome back to Luke. I've been away for a few weeks. Got uh, tied up doing lots of other things. Sorry about that. Um, we left off in Luke chapter 3 with John the Baptist. Uh, he was just beginning his ministry at the River Jordan, baptizing people. We talked about baptism. We talked about the forgiveness of sins, the need for the forgiveness of sins. We talked about the atonement, Yom Kippur, etc. And um, we're going to jump right back into the text and um, talk about John a little bit this time and next time as well. So in John chapter, I'm, I'm sorry, Luke chapter three, uh, beginning in verse three. And he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. We, we covered that before. And then he says this in verse four, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, and he quotes Isaiah here, the voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight. Every valley shall be filled and every mountain and hill shall be made low and the crooked shall become straight and the rough places shall become level ways and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. I want to pause there. Um, first of all, just the context of it is, is this voice in the wilderness is uh, referring back to Isaiah 40. <clears throat> and we're going to look at that in a minute. But that these particular verses is describing... Um, this voice crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make the path straight. Every valley shall be filled in the mountain and hill shall be made low, etc. It's like, like make a smooth road. It's the idea of a coming or visiting emperor or king. You know, he has conquered your territory or whatever, and now he's coming to your city. And uh, he wants, you know, and when that happens, and there's an entourage coming, etc., you go, people go out of the city and they clean up the roads and, you know, they paint things and they pick up trash and they make things smooth. The road's a mess. They patch it and smooth it out so that everything looks good for this, for this king that's coming. I remember I was in the Marine Corps, you know, you almost never saw a general, but when you did, the general, like we, I was a tanker in the tank park and uh, if a general came to visit for whatever reason, inspection or whatever, he'd spend all day before he got there just picking up cigarette butts and painting everything that could, you know, if it moves, pick it up. If it doesn't move, paint it. That's what they used to say. So because it's a visiting dignitary kind of thing. So <clears throat> that's what we have here. That's what this text is talking about. Now it's it gets interesting because we're going to jump back and look at Isaiah 40 because it's talking about God. In Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40 is one of the most beautiful passages in the world. I mean, just it's like this glorious description of God. And when you see a, a quote like this uh, in the New Testament, Luke, for example, um, we always think in terms of verses and chapters and things like that. But this is not what how people would have been thinking about this. This is when you see a, a quote from the Old Testament. It's um, it, it, it should draw you back to the whole passage and the context of that passage because there were no verse numbers, remember, when the Bible was written. They, they were put in, um, I forget what century they were put in. They were put in like in the Middle Ages sometime. Um, they're very helpful. I'm glad that they're there. Uh, but we tend to, but as a result, we tend to think we just take Bible verses. You know, I've heard one guy said, you know, never quote a Bible verse. And 
Gordon never read a Bible verse. I forget how it goes. But his point is there's a context to every verse. And if you just lift a verse out of its context, you could get in trouble. Um, not every time, but sometimes. But this, when you see an Old Testament quote in the New Testament, it's think of it as a hyperlink, right, in whatever you're reading. And it should draw you, and you should click on it, meaning turn back to that passage and see the original context, see who, it's, who is speaking, who, who are they speaking to, what are they speaking about, um, what is the historical setting, and all of that stuff. And it, it kind of illuminates what's happening in the text that you're reading, which is, so I'm going to bounce back to Isaiah 40, this passage of the voice crying in the wilderness, which we clearly see is John, right, in, this, in, our, in the New Testament. Um, and John is the voice. He even called, in, in, in the Gospel of John, which is two different Johns now, right? There's John the Baptist and there's the Apostle John, two different Johns. Uh, but in John's, the Apostle John's description of John the Baptist, John, the, the leaders, Pharisees, etc., come to him and they're asking him who he is. Like, who are you? You're out here, you know, you got thousands of people coming out here. You're baptizing people. You're preaching. Are you the Messiah? He says, no. Are you Elijah? He says, no. He says, are you this person? He says, no. Well, who are you? And he, his answer to them is, I'm the voice crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Um, so he calls himself that. Luke calls him that. Matthew calls him that, et cetera. All four gospel accounts call John that. And it's referring to, to this passage in Isaiah 40. And it's um, this Isaiah 40, this visiting king language, right, is applied to God. And now we see that because we know that John is talking about Jesus. Jesus is coming. That's his, that's his ministry. His ministry is get ready, get cleaned up, you know. Uh, God's coming. So now we see this Isaiah 40 passage applied to Jesus. And we see this a lot. You're going to see it a lot in Luke. See it all through the Old Te- in the New Testament. Jesus is always saying and doing things that only God can say or do, you know? Um, and we are, you will repeatedly see Old Testament passages quoted in the New Testament that are referring to God being applied directly to Jesus. Okay, it happens again and again and again. And this is just one of the, right, like right at the beginning, like right out of the shoot, this is one of the most startling, glorious depictions of God. And he's saying, yeah, I'm talking about Jesus here, you know? So in Isaiah 40, you have that. <clears throat> if you want to turn there, go ahead. Isaiah 40 in verse uh, 3 is where our passage is. It says, A voice cries, In the wilderness prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be lifted up, and every mountain and hill be made low. The uneven ground shall become level, and the rough places a plain. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. And it goes on. Uh, to describe God, which, which, as I've said, is beautiful. Um, For example, in verse 9 of Isaiah 40, this is the passage. Remember, that quote in Luke 3 is a hyperlink to draw your mind, right? And a lot of the people hearing this at at the time um, from John, John the Baptist, would have... uh, had this passage memorized, you know, been taught it over and over again in synagogue. 
And they knew they know it's about God. And here John is saying, I'm the voice of the one crying out. And part of the message of the voice of the voice, right, is verse nine in Isaiah. Go up, go on up to a high mountain, O Zion, herald of good news. Lift up your voice with strength, O Jerusalem, herald of good news. Lift it up and fear not. Say to the cities of Judah, Behold your God. Which is again, we're talking here, here comes God. That's that's the message of Isaiah 40. Here comes God, and it's being applied to Jesus. It goes on, Behold, the Lord comes with might, and his arm rules for him. Behold, his reward is with him and his recompense before him. He will, now listen, this is verse 11, Isaiah 40, verse 11, always makes me think of Jesus. He will tend his flock like a shepherd. No, who is Jesus? The good shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms, he will carry them in his bosom and gently lead those that are with young. So you have all this glory, might, glorious, mighty language referring to God's strength, etc. And then he's, he slips in there, This he's gentle, right? He's gentle. <clears throat> um, it goes on, I'm not going to read all of Isaiah 40, um, but it, it does go on to describe God in these mighty and glorious ways, all the nations, there is nothing before him, etc. To whom will you liken God? Um, down in verse 21, do you not know? Do you not hear? Has it not been told you from the beginning? Have you not understood from the foundation of the earth? It is he who sits above the circle of the earth, and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers, who stretches out the heavens like a curtain and spreads them like a tent to dwell in, who brings princes to nothing and makes the rulers of the earth as emptiness. That's God, right? And I'll skip down in verse uh, 26, um, 25. To whom then will you compare me that I should be like him? This is fascinating to me because who do you compare God to? Well, you compare him to Jesus. Like, well, you want to know what God is like? He's just like Jesus. So to whom will you compare me that I should be like him, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see. Who created these? He's talking about the stars. He who brings out their host by number, calling them all by name by the greatness of his might, and because he is strong in power, not one is missing. And I just want to read a few more verses from Isaiah 40, um, as, you know, just thinking about Jesus. Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. I mean, God has forgotten us, right? He doesn't pay attention to us anymore. He's forgotten us. Um, He got tired of us, whatever it is, right? But here we have in the New Testament, God is showing up. So we, in verse 28 of Isaiah 40, Have you not known, have you not heard, the Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he, incre- he increases strength. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Um, he started with his voice in the wilderness, meaning John the Baptist, fulfilling a prophecy from 700 years before. And uh, other voices have joined in over the centuries, proclaiming, you know, this this God, 
I mean, even this little podcast, which I don't know, what are you, five of you out there listening to me? Who knows? <laughs> but this little podcast, it's just another voice in the wilderness, you know, trying to describe God in Jesus. And I love that there's just multiple thousands of pulpits out there, multiple millions of voices out there, whether it's uh, just somebody sharing with a friend or somebody standing up proclaiming with a microphone or somebody on a podcast or um, whatever it might be, there's just the, all the voices have uh, multiplied greatly over the years. Um, we should all be that. We should all be that voice. We should all be the voice, right? We should all speak with one voice about Jesus. I want to close with uh, a passage, not a passage, a uh, quote that I can't get to on my phone because it's really awkward right now. This is from the end of uh, a book called um, Streams in the Desert, which is like a, it's like a, I guess you go through the whole year and it's like meditations, et cetera, various things. It's, it's pretty, it's old, but it's very good. Um, and this is like the last thing in the book. It says, so let us call out to one another, right? Think about the voice. Think about your voice, my voice, our voices together. So let us call out to one another through the darkness till the gloom becomes vocal with many voices, encouraging the pilgrim host. Let the echoes gather till a very storm of hallelujahs breaks in thundering waves around the sapphire throne. And then as the morning breaks, we shall find ourselves at the margin of the sea of glass, crying with the redeemed host, blessing and honor and glory be unto him that sitteth on the throne and to the Lamb forever and ever. Amen. Thanks for listening, guys. Talk to you soon.